Today's daf is daf Yud Gimel. We're up to Yud Gimel Amar Aleph. Five lines from the top of the page. We're at the two dots. Rabbi Yehuda Aymar Af Isha Acheretz Maskinin Okay, Rabbi Yehuda says that you prepare on the same way we set aside a backup Kain Gadol, we also set aside a backup wife. Now I want to give a quick overview of what we're going to be discussing. This sugya we're going to be discussing a fascinating thing, and that is the Rabbanon argue about the backup wife. Remember that? The Rabbanon say no such thing as a backup wife. Otherwise, the inla dover safe. You're going to start worrying, the worry is going to keep going. Well, according to that, we need to clarify why they agreed to a backup kayengado. If they're going to say no worries, hey, <laughs> you got to be consistent. That's going to be sugya number one. All right? The kayengado needed to be married in order to do the avaida. So the same way you needed a backup kayengado, you needed a backup wife. And that's going to be the idea you just pointed out. That's going to be the thrust of today's daf. And that is we're going to focus on how to ensure that the Kayan Gadol remains married. We're going to have a fascinating sugya. It's going to cover majority of today's daf. Take us most of Amar Aleph towards the bottom of Amar Beis. It's going to be all about what they did to ensure that the Kayan Gadol was married. And we'll, we'll get to the what Rabiel is pointing out. We're going to get to the Pasuk proving that the Avaidah can only be done if he was married. And the daf's going to end off discussing the halachas of what happens if the Kohen Gadol becomes an Onain on Yom Kippur. Because usually an Onain is not allowed to do mitzvahs. What happened when the Kohen Gadol became an Onain? So let's get going. Let's cover ground. Five lines on top of the page. The same way you make a backup Kohen Gadol, you also create a backup wife. Now the Gemara needs, we all need clarification over here, and that is, did is she like engaged to him? Did they date? Is this a second wife? Did he actually marry her? What, what, what does it mean you, you prepare a backup wife? Right? So what, what does that mean? So before we get into what it means, the Gemara is going to ask the simple question, which is, The Rabbanon say you make a backup Kohen Gadol. Why aren't they agreeing with a backup wife? They'll say, I'll tell you why. To make a backup Kohen Gadol makes sense because it's more common to be, for the Kohen Gadol to become Tomei than it is for a random person to drop dead, for the, guy, for the Kohen Gadol's wife to drop dead. We're not dealing with a Kohen Gadol whose wife has one foot in the grave, the other one in a banana peel. right? She's not going into the... She, she's not a, a Geisus, Chas v'shalom. But a, per, a, a, a person's body could become tummy through various ways. The Rabbanon say, listen, to make a backup Kayan Gadol makes sense to us. Because there's many ways for a person to become tummy. But to make a backup wife in case the wife dies, that's not common. You don't need to be concerned. Okay. Says the, Rabb- says the Gemara, Amrulai. So instead, what the Rabbanon say to Rabbi Yehuda? They says that, that uh, if so, in the there's not going to be an end to the matter. We're just going to make a backup wife. We're going to have to make many backup wives. You, Reb Yehuda, why are you so concerned about a backup wife? Says the Gemara, Shapir Ka'amri the Reb Yehuda. What they told Reb Yehuda is correct. Looking at this chat, one second. Kahanamar's reason, but we still want to make sure that that uh, it's against it. Sometimes it's against a person's rutsun. A person can become 
a uh, a zav, right? That's not beratzen. So a person's body could just give out a, an emission. So the Gemara says, Shapir Kamale the Rebbe Huda. There are women who say you don't need to make a backup wife. Have a good logic, Rebbe Huda. What are they telling him? Relax, relax. What well, you don't have to start making a backup for everything. So the Gemara explains the following. Rebbe Huda Amalach, Rebbe is going to say no. This is not a matter of oh, don't worry about it. Lemisa da He's going to say it like this. It's true that death is unusual. I get that. However, it does happen. And therefore, I'm going to be concerned about a person dying, i.e. the wife dying. You're going to ask, oh, wrong, says Reb Yehuda. No, I'm concerned about the wife dying, but I'm not concerned about the backup to the wife. I'm concerned about one person dying, but I don't go so far as to say that Lamisa that, uh, I'm not concerned that maybe the backup wife's going to die. Okay. So what are the Rabbana going to say to Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda is also a little bit logical. You hear, in other words, each one is like saying, like, when to stop being nervous. The Rabbana is saying, you don't need to be nervous, anybody's going to die. Rabbi Yehuda is saying, no, you could be conservative, you know, you could be conservative over here, you know, be a little careful, and then make a backup wife in case one dies. Are you going to say, ain't the double safe? Not true. Not true. I'll be concerned about one, not two. Rabbana will say, no, if you're going to be concerned, so... They say if you're going to be concerned, you should be concerned about everybody. Okay, fine. About about both uh, about both people um, uh, uh, dying, both the wife and the backup wife. Okay, says the Gemara. The Rabbanon who say to Reb Yehuda. Okay, so far we're clear, right? Okay, let, let's pause for a minute before we get this. The Rabbanon. So far, here's what's going on. The Rabbanon agreed to make a backup Kohen Gadol because we're concerned about Tuma. They did not agree to Rabbi Yehuda to make a backup wife because they're not concerned about death. We have a back and forth. How concerned do you need to be? The Rabbanon say, never concerned about somebody dying. Rabbi says, you could be concerned about one person. Okay, period. Now the Gemara is going to focus on the opinion of the Rabbanon. What did the Rabbanon say? The Rabbanon said to Rabbi Yehuda, you don't need to make a backup wife. All right? You don't need to do that. You deal with what's right in front of you. Stop being concerned something's going to happen. Okay. Asks the Gemara, Rabbi Ravinsky's Kasha. Correct the Gemara. What's with the Rabbanon, though? The Rabbanon who say, deal with what's right in front of you. Is the Kayan in front of the uh, Tameh right now? The Rabbanon, Nemru Inulin Avshayu. They should ask the same question on themselves, meaning... Yeah, they're going to say maybe death is more common than Tumah. Okay? But, what, but, but still, um, we should say that you shouldn't make a substitute for the substitute because if the Kayan Gadol can't control his Tumah and he can become Tumah, so just in case the backup becomes Tumah, make another backup. In other words, if we're dealing with, with what Rabbi Ravinsky is mentioning over here, right, in the chat, uh, I... Kahanim's reason him, which we're about to answer that. So then the Rabbanon should say, what well, I'm saying? Well, let's ask on the Rabbanon. You're concerned about Toma, about the Kayan turning into Azov? What about the back of Kayan? So I'm like Rabbanon, Kayan Gadol Zarazu. The Kayan Gadol is extra careful. So one second, why are you making a backup? Make up your mind. Yeah, are we concerned or are we not concerned? <laughs> we don't need Rabbanon. <laughs> Come on, you can't dance at two chasnas. Are we concerned or not? 
If we're concerned, make a backup to the backup. If you're not concerned, don't make a backup. Answers the Gemara. Kivon the Avdinon Leitzara. Kolshkein the Mizdaris Dvei. A fascinating answer. Listen to this. Says the Gemara. The Kain Gadol has a lot of control as to whether he becomes Tameh. Even, let's say, with Tumah Zov. Yeah, there's things that cause Zov. It could be an illness, granted, but it's also overeating, traveling. There's things that could cause uh, uh, an emission that cause Zov. And therefore, they say like this, beautiful. Say the Rabbanan, you know why, listen to this, this is a, there's a paradigm shift here. You know why we're making a backup to the Kohen Gadol? Not because we're concerned he's going to become Tameh. Rather, it's to make him extra careful in being Zoris. Kahanim are always reason. But if I'm the kind of Gadol and I know there's a backup quarterback waiting to come in and take my job, I'm going to do whatever it takes to not become Tameh because I'm no longer irreplaceable. And as therefore, again, the tachlis of the backup is to get the Kohen Gadol to go above and beyond his usual reasons and to do whatever it takes to not go near, uh, to not go near any sort of Toma. Period. Okay? That is the end of that discussion. That's the back and forth between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim as far as making a backup for the Kohen Gadol and making a backup for the Kohen's wife. Okay, here we go. Now, the Gemara is going to get into the whole premise. And this is going to go back to Rav Yale's Kasha in the beginning of today's year, which is, who says the Kohen Gadol can't, uh, must be married? Where's that from? Why is Kohen Gadol be married? you got to make a backup wife. What's this whole thing about? Okay? So, says the Gemara like this. According to Rabbi Yehuda, that we make a backup wife because we're concerned the first wife may die. Rabbi Yehuda is concerned about death. Is it enough to just set aside a backup? This is the answer to your kasha, Rabbi It says that the Kohen asks for an atonement on Yom Kippur for him and his house. His home. Who's his home? His wife. Beisoy Omar Rachmana, the Hachla And this backup is not his wife. Ask the Gemara a, a basic question. The Kangadal's married. We're telling, we're saying, make a backup. If, is he marrying her? Because if he's not marrying her and she's just waiting to marry him, what happens if the Kangadal starts the Avaida, his wife dies? Okay, so now he's, he could keep doing the avoda because there's a backup waiting for him? No, this, this woman's not his wife. She's not Beso. She's not called his house yet. So he still can't do the avoda on Yom Kippur if she's just a backup in waiting. Says the Gemara, no, she's not a backup in waiting. And this is going to lead us to the beginning. This is what the whole daft is going to be about. You ready? Says the Gemara, Dimekadeshla. The Kaingado marries a second wife, Kedushin. We know there's two steps to marriage. There's Kedushin, the acquisition, and then the Nesuin, where you actually move in as husband and wife. Says the Gemara that what do we do to make the backup wife? We take a second woman and we have the Kaingado be Mikadesh her. They do Kedushin. 
So he's now married to two women, which midoraisa, no problem, right? Biblically, you're allowed to be married to two women. And what's and how are we protecting ourselves? Ah, if one wife dies, the other wife is still around. He still has a house. He still has beso. Okay. Says the Gemara. One second. If he only acquired her and did Kedushin and not Nesuin, how can you call her his house? A house means you moved in together. So it's not enough to just have Kedushin. It needs to be, says the Gemara, to point out, it needs to be that the second wife, he also did Nesuin with her. So the Gemara says, okay, fine. The Kanesla, the Seder. So we're going to make a backup wife, and we're going to, during the seven days, and we're going to, or whatever, or prior to, whenever, and we're going to say, you're, you marry, it has to be before the seven days, before he goes into quarantine, right? And we say to him, do a Kedushin, and an Asuni, now have two wives, just in case one dies, you'll be married, and the Avoda would be valid. So far, so good. Any, anybody need clarity on here? Any explanation, yeah? Any questions? All right. Yep, feel free. No, we don't. We don't do an acquisition. So it's got to be beforehand. Very good. Very good. Beautiful, beautiful idea. Rav Mike is saying, "I what a, should we say? That as long as he's married part of the day, the whole avodah is valid." The Gemara later on is going to get to that, but we're going to learn that no, it has to be throughout the entire day. Beautiful. Okay. So, but ask the Gemara. Here's a problem. If we're dealing with and this is so gishmak. If we're dealing with, and this following question is going to throw everything out of whack. If the Kohen Gadol married a second wife and they did Nisuin, now he's got two homes. V'rachmona Omar, but the Torah says on Yom Kippur, what does he do? V'chiper ba'ado uva'ad beiso. He only gets a kapara for him and his singular home, which the drusha means, but the is not allowed to be married to two wives. Okay? Now it's because of this kasha that everything's going to go haywire for the next Amr. And we're going to have to figure out, here's what we're going to do now. We're going to have to figure out how in the world he could be married to two women and not be married to two women. The Seder... This is what we're going to have to do. And we're going to start dealing with divorcing retroactively, making conditions against Zach. Because what are we establishing? And let's focus him. we got to have clarity to understand what's going to be happening the rest of this daf. We just said, Rabbi Huda's opinion, there's only Rabbi Huda's opinion, there needs to be a backup wife. But the backup wife, he needs to be married to her. But if he's married to her, now he's got two wives. And he's not allowed to have two wives when he does the avodah. So we have a huge problem on our hands, according to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. It's because of this kasha that we have the next Amud. So here we go. Tighten your seatbelt. Says the Gemara. Here's what, you, <laughs> here's what he does. You ready? Tahadar Megarishla. Oh, he marries the second wife, uh, uh, does a complete nesuin, but then he divorces her. Says the Gemara, what, what? If he divorces her, so we're back to square one. He's still got one wife. What are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? Says the Gemara. No, we don't mean he stam divorces her. Here's what you do to your second wife. 
you marry her and then divorce her on condition. The Amarla, and what what's the King Gadol say to his wife? I, I you gotta I, you gotta imagine they're in a, an incredible relationship over here, you know. The Amarla, he says to his he says to the 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 woman, which we're soon we're gonna start giving them names. Taisvis gives them names of Rachel and Leah, so we're, we're gonna use those names. You know, men are always Reuben and Shimon make the trouble, and the women seem to be Rachel and Leah. All right, so these are the example names that Tai's going to give. Okay, so let's call his first wife Rachel, the second wife Leah. Okay. The um, Amar he says to her, Tamusi. He says to his wife, This is your get on condition that you die before Yom Kippur is over. Meaning, it's only going to be a valid get if you die. Says the Gemara. What? And if she doesn't die, so then it's not a get? So he's still married to two women. But if she, what did that condition just do? Right? What did that condition do? Maybe, just in case you die, what shaykh is? Okay? If you want to read into what the whole zakh is, the farshim, but let's, but as long as we understand why it's a kasha, that's good. The kasha is, what does it help to say it's a conditional get? If, she, if you die. She doesn't die, so he's still married to women. So we're back to square one. So Gemara says, okay, fine. You're right. Ella, rather, the Omar law, here's what you say to Leah, we'll call her. Okay? I'm giving you a get. Almanas on condition. Shalotamusi. If you don't die on Yom Kippur, then I'm divorced from you. If you don't die by the end of Yom Kippur, then I'm divorced from you, meaning I wasn't married to you on Yom Kippur, so now I only have one wife, because the, the get's going to work retroactively. So Eli Maisa, if she doesn't die, Megarish law, so now she was divorced, the Imaisa ha, and if she does die, Kaimahach, you still have the other first wife who's still alive. Says the Gemara, how do you know the first wife's still going to be alive? Why did he marry the second wife just in case the first one dies? So what's the logic in saying, follow over here, okay? He's marrying the second one in case the first one dies. And now he's saying to the second one, if you don't die on Yom Kippur, then you're, then you're divorced. What does it help? What does it help? The first, the, the, the first one still is not going to have a backup. The first one, that, that, and that's what we're looking for. The Dilma Hilai Maisa says, Gabar, one second. Maybe one of the wives, whichever one he gives the get to, won't die. And if she doesn't die, it's a good get. Right? Because what is it? It's a get if you don't die. So if she doesn't die, now she's divorced. But what happens? If the original wife dies and the second wife doesn't die, so now he didn't have his first wife because she's dead. And he doesn't have a second wife because she lived and she's now divorced. They come lay belay bias and the kind gadol's ending up with nothing. You understand? Again. Rachel and Leah. Rachel's the first wife. The Kain Gadol says to Leah, My dearest Leah, I love you tremendously, but I'm not allowed to have two wives on Yom Kippur, but I need to be married to you just in case my first, uh, just in case Rachel dies. So here's what we're going to do. I'm giving you a get now. And if you die, then it's not a divorce because I'm left with my first wife anyway. And if you don't die, then it is a divorce. One second. If Leah doesn't die and now she's divorced, so the Kangalo's not married to her. 
Okay, so now you're still left with your first wife, Rachel. What happens if Rachel dies? Is Leah available? No, because if Leah doesn't die, she's divorced. So, so Rachel dies, she's not here. Leah doesn't die, so she's not, so she's not married either. So the Kohen Gadol's left with nothing. So we're still stuck. Again, this, is, this whole thing's going to be a back and forth about this. It's phenomenal. Again, because we're trying to give the Kohen Gadol two wives, but not have two wives, right? So, so we're trying to go over to Chap. How can he be married and, and, and somehow retroactively nullify only one? Okay, that, that's what we're trying to do here. So Gemara tries another Mahalach. Says the Gemara like this. Allah the Amar La. Rather, here's what the Kohen Gadol should do. He should say to her, Okay? Give a get to one wife, anyone, Rachel or Leah. Give the get to either Rachel or Leah, and whoever you give it to, say like this. You are divorced if either you or my other wife die. Okay? My saha kaimahach. So if the divorced wife dies, then he still has his other wife. My sahach, and if the wife that's not divorced dies, hakaimahach. So the divorced wife is still around. Says the Gemara, yeah, but she's divorced. Maybe nobody dies. <laughs> yeah, and, and then nobody's gonna. If, I'm giving you a get on condition someone dies. Yeah, and then they both don't die. They're not supposed to die. What are you gonna do? Shoot them? Of course not. Right? So, on condition someone died, and then they don't die. So, you're still left with two wives. Because one of them was only divorced on condition. But how will they bought them? So, he's back to having two wives. But, furthermore, it's not even going to be a kosher get in the first place. If a guy says to his wife, This is your, your divorce on condition that you don't drink wine uh, for the rest of your. Uh, I'm divorcing you on condition that you. That as long as I'm alive and you're alive, we, you don't drink wine. Ain't that Christmas? That's not a get. You know why? Because a get means it's separated. You can't give a get to somebody and say indefinitely, you're attached to me on a condition. That's not a real get. That's not a separation. You're keeping her latch to you. That's not a valid get. Call you plenty. I raise a crease. But if you say on, the, on somebody else's uh, life, that is a crisis because then it is possible at some point during your lifetime, if that other person dies first, then it, 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 you, you'll taka have a total separation. So what's happening over here? The Kohen Gadol is going to give the get to one of them and say on condition that if you die before Yom Kippur is over, one second. So then the condition is only in effect until the end of her lifetime. And any condition that's attached to a get indefinitely till the end of somebody's lifetime is not a valid get. So how could the Kohen say that there in the first place? Either way, that's a bad idea. Okay? So pause we're back to square one. We're confused. Again, Rabbi Yehuda's got an opinion. His opinion is you make a backup wife for the Kayin Gadol. We showed he can't have two wives. Beso, his wife, only one bias. We also know that so he can't have two wives, and he's only allowed to have one wife. And if he's going to be married to one of them, the second wife needs to have already had an Nesuin with him. So we're still stuck in Shita Sir Yehuda. How can you have married two women completely and not be married to both of them on Yom Kippur in order to do the Abu? 
So let's try another approach, says the Gemara. Ella rather, to Amar La. This is what the Kohen Gadol should say to one of his wives. Rachel or Leah. Say to her the following. This is, I'm divorcing you if my other wife doesn't die. Okay? So now, what is it, what's, what's this going to do? Ilo maisa chaverta, if the first wife, we'll call her Rachel, doesn't die, so then the second wife is now retroactively divorced. If the first one doesn't die, which is what we want, right? The Kangal's original wife is alive, send Gavaldik. The second one, the backup, is retroactively divorced. He was only married to one. The Maisaha, and if the first wife dies, Hakaimaha, the second one's get wasn't valid, and he's married to her. So Gemara says no. Because what's going to happen? Ready, Rabbi, Rabbi Ravinsky, ready for this? Says the Gemara, very nice. This is a good chaf. Let's get clarity here. You say to one wife, you are divorced if the other wife doesn't die. So if, my, if the first wife doesn't die, he has one wife, and the other one's going to be divorced. So Shalom al Yisrael, right? Makes a lot of sense. I only had one wife retroactively. But says the Gemara, we're, we're going to agree that makes sense, but here's the issue. What happens if the first wife dies two hours into the Avaidah? You started the Avaidah in Kippur. That's what you brought it. Miktas Yem Kekula, right? What happens if the first wife dies two hours into the Avaidah of Yom Kippur? And it's going to be Megala. The matter is going to be revealed. Let's turn to Amud Bey's. Lemafreya retroactively, the gita de ha lav gitahu, that the first one's get is not valid because the other one died. Again, the second one is only divorced if the first one doesn't die. Two hours into the avayda, one dies. So now the second one's not divorced. Well then. The first two hours of the Avodah was done with two wives. And therefore, the first part of the Avodah is not valid. Great point. Answers the Gemara. Ella, rather? You're right, we got to tweak this. To Amarla, here's what the Kangolos should say to her. Hareza Gitech, this is your get. Amenas Shetomos Chavrusech. On, this is your get on condition that my other wife does possibly die. Okay? So if my wife, uh, if, the, if the wife dies, so then the one that's not divorced is still going to be a wife. We're back to our original question. That is, yeah, but what happens if the first wife who doesn't have a get does die and now the second one is divorced so now you have no wife so you still didn't help me we went from having a possible scenario of a two-hour problem with the avoda to a complete problem with the avoda so that doesn't help okay done 
done. We tried five different approaches. Try, try to understand Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. Says the Gemara, it ain't going to work. Seder. So now, it's going to get even wilder. Okay? Says the Gemara like this. We just showed, you try to divorce one, keep the other, divorce the other, keep the one, da da da, part. It ain't working. Says the Gemara like this. Here's the next idea. Ready? Now, let's try to come up with a, an idea, and that is, let's, start, let's tell him to write a divorce to both. Until now, we've been saying, write a divorce to Rachel or Leah, and then the other one. Says Gemara, how about this? Have him write two gittin. All right? Lechada Amarla, two one wife, we're going to say to her, Hareza Gitech, you are divorced from the Kain Gadol. You're going to be divorced if the other wife doesn't die and is still alive, you'll be divorced. Now he's got one wife, right? Because one doesn't die, so she's going to be the wife. And it says in the get that if she doesn't die, you're not married. Okay. Ulechada Amarla, and then to the other wife, wife number two, we'll call her Leah. You say, this is your get. Can I say, you're not allowed to go into shul. All right. Now, what's this? What's this thing with going to shul? It's a fascinating discussion. Taisvis Mamish goes to town over here. But here, here's just to, put, to make it very basic. Life and death, we have no control over. Okay. So whether a kind Godel's wife dies, we don't know. But to walk into shul, a human being has more control over. Okay, not total control. You can have a shul falls down, a terrorist attack, whatever it is, right? But you could say something where it's more beyond the person. It's more attainable for the person to allow these things to happen. So says the Gemara, Say to one of them, you're divorced if your if other wife doesn't die. And then you say, let's call that Rachel. And then to Leah, we're going to say to her, you're divorced if you don't walk into Shul. Okay? Now, what we gain by this, again, to reiterate, is that the flip side of whether or not she ends up going into Shul is completely in her, it's completely up to her. So we'll see a minute before Yom Kippur's over, whether we need her to be divorced retroactively. And if we need her to be divorced retroactively, we'll put her foot into a shul. Take one step into the shul. And now the Kangadol only had his original wife. And he was married to one. And in case that one would have died, then we would keep her, keep the second wife out of shul and then she would have remained married. Okay? That's the chav here. That's, a, that's, the, that's what we're trying to get. That we're trying to create something that is within our power to help determine. Says Gemara, No, maybe one wife won't die. Now, if she doesn't die, then the first one, then the other one's divorced. And maybe the second wife won't go to Shul. Now, this is very interesting. Tysus explains here that you can't really trust a woman to go to Shul. That's basically what, that's basically what he's saying. And that is, uh, you know, to, to rely on her to do that 
is, uh, it's not fair. It's not fair. Maybe she wanted doing it. Something comes up. Crazy. Something comes up in the life of a woman. Not uncommon. Yeah? And maybe she won't go to shul. So, according to Tais, the Gemara is just saying, push it. And that is, even going to shul is not such a reliable thing for a woman. So, the Gemara says like this. Okay. What we're going to do is stick to this mahalach, but instead leave it in the hands of the Kayin Gadol to walk to a shul. Okay? It's more shaykh. Says the Gemara like this. Here's what you do. To one wife you say to her, This is your get if the other wife doesn't die. Another one you say, The Kayin Gadol says, This is your get if I walk into a shul on Yom Kippur. So now like this. If one of them dies, the Kangala won't go. And the second one's married. And if the first one does die, what are you going to say? You still have the problem that Rabbi Mike brought up before. And that is what about when some one dies halfway through the Avaida? You still have that problem. And uh, it's going to come out that Lemafreya, you always have this issue of part of the Avaida. Even the Kain Gadol, right? In other words, even the Kain Gadol steps in. So then what? He's going to make the get not valid now? But now he had two wives for the first half of the Avaida. It's still going to mess him up. No, we'll say it like this. And once the Kain Gadol sees that, his, that one wife is going to die, he'll make sure to quickly go to Shul before the first wife dies. And Mimela, the other the get is gonna be valid, the Mafreya, it'll be valid retroactively, and Memela, and therefore he'll never have had two wives at all. Okay. Period. Now we finally <laughs> understand. It is when Rabbiuda says make a backup wife, this is what well, this is what was being created. By needing to have this backup wife, this is what the Kain Gadol needs to go through. Okay? This whole condition, I'd say, get this, she doesn't die. If she does die, then go to Shul the moment before she dies. And now, wife number one, again, I'm going to call her Rachel, she ends up being divorced the entire time because the, the condition of the get wasn't fulfilled. And, um, and uh, if nobody dies, so also... The first wife is divorced all along. And if Leah dies, then Rachel's not divorced. And either way, the Kangadol has one wife. Okay. Period. We could, we could pause and take a breather. We're done with that main idea. Now the Gemara is going to start asking questions not on Shitas Reb Yehuda, but rather on the word Beso. Everybody's in agreement. Both Reb Yehuda and the Rabbanon seem to be in agreement that the Kohen Gadol needed to be married because he needs an atonement for himself and Beso, his home. Okay? What does his home mean? One wife. Beso means he has one wife. That is why we had this whole discussion for the past Amur. You can't have two wives. 
we're going to question this premise. Is it true that the word beso means you can only have one and not two? Let's talk about this. And we're going to challenge that from the laws of Yevama, where also it uses this, this uh, word of bias, where if you have one brother that has multiple wives and he dies without children, his brother only does Yibum or Chalitza on one wife, not multiple. Okay? If you have multiple women that fall to the Yavam, he only needs to do on one of them. Says the Gemara like this. Master Ravasi became Rav Avir. Ravasi something was Avir asked a challenging question on Meyata. But now, if it's true that the word bias means only to Yibum on one, well, what happens when a brother dies and he leaves behind two wives? You should say that the brothers don't need to do Yibum at all. Because says the Torah, you should do Yibum on the bias, Beisoy, on you keep his house going, uh, and we should darshan, not if it was multiple, and he shouldn't have the Yibum or Chalitza on anybody. Says Gemara, Yivimta, Yivimta, Riva. It says the word Yivimta twice, which, in, which includes even multiple Yivamas. Okay. Says the Gemara, Master of Inavitema, Rav Shravya, Elamiyato, but now, Arusa, Laitis, Yavim, if you have a brother who is only married to an Arusa, not in the Sua, like to Siavim, you shouldn't have Yibam. Why? Because Beso means you mamish live together as one household, you all together in a house. We know the halacha is if somebody's married to a woman just with Kedushin, and then he dies. She falls to Yibam. Why? It says bias. He used the word house. Uh, the, the house seems to mean, according to what we're explaining, that they mamish did in the suin. So what it says, also, there's an extra word by Yivama, Hachutza, the rabbi says Harutza, which is the, even the Yavama that's outside, not yet inside the house, which includes a, a, uh, a woman who had only had Arison to the laws of Yibam. Period. End of, that, end of that topic. Hence, there's no question on the laws of Kohen Gadol from the, from the word uh, bias by, by Yibam. Okay, why not? Because by Yibam, there's also additional psukim that teach us those halachas. And Mamela, um, the, the two don't necessarily work in sync with each other. Period. We're now done. End of that discussion. Okay? End of the discussion of Shitas Rab Yehuda, Shitas Rabbanon, the two wives, the one wife, the word Beisai, that sugya is, has now completed. Here we go. Tonu Rabbonon. We're now five lines from the bottom of Yud Gimel Amadbe's first words on the line. Tonu Rabbonon, the rabbis learned so shui. Kain Godol, Makrivainein. Kain Godol was allowed to do the Avaida when he was an Ainein. When he loses an immediate relative, he's still permitted to do the Avaida. However, Ve'eno Ochel, even though he's allowed to do the Avaida, he's not allowed to eat from the Karbonos. Abuda Aimer. Kol Hayom. Rabbi Yehuda says the entire day. Period. That's the Brisa. Again, let's repeat. Tanur Rabbanon, the Kohen Gadol, was allowed to do the Avodah as an Onen. And Rabbi Yehuda, but he couldn't eat. Rabbi Yehuda says, Kol Hayom. These words, Kol Hayom, at this point of the Gemara, don't make sense. 
And what we're going to do from here until the Mishnah on Yud Dalit Amar Aleph is try to understand what these two words Kol Hayom mean. So here we go. My Kol Hayom. What does Rebuta mean when he's responding to the Tanakama and he says Kol Hayom? Amar Rabbah. Rabbah says, I'll tell you what it means. What it means is that the Kain Gadol not only is allowed to do the Avaida when he's an Onen, we promote this. Even if he wasn't in the Beis HaMikdash doing the Avaida, you know what we do? We go get him from his house and we bring him to the Beis HaMikdash so that he's Davka the one doing the Avaida. Okay? So in other words, Says Rabbi Yehuda, it's not just that he's allowed to do the Avaida, but he shouldn't eat. No, says Rabbi, you know what it means? Davka, he should do the Avaida. Rabbi Yehuda seems to be very mekul, right? Says the Gemara, Amr Abai, Abai says to Rabbi, that can't be what Kalayo means. I'll tell you why. Yeah, it's kind of like reminds you, ball players, yeah? They hit a shot, basketball, all day, all day. I got this all day, like, all day, yeah? Yeah, nobody can stop me. That's her beauty me all day. I got it. Make sure the kind does it. I'm gonna buy it. Buy says no. Rubber no. It doesn't make sense. Rabbi Yehuda's being so lenient. Like oh, Davka, go do this. Rabbi Yehuda is actually the Tana who holds that as soon as a standard Kohen becomes an Onain, he's got to get out of the base Hamikdash. The Tana learned in the bride. So you have a Kohen who's middle of doing the Avodah. He's hanging on top of the Mizbeach. We hear that the media family member passes away. We take him off the Mizbeach. He stops doing the Avaita. At least let him finish it. So in other words, Rabbi Yehuda says, if the Kohen becomes an Onain, what do you do? Get him out of there as fast as you can. Even if he's middle doing the Avaita. Rabbi Yehuda is very strict about an Onain. And you're telling me, and you're telling me that Yehuda's going to say, all day, bring the Kohen Gadol. We want a Kohen Gadol Onain doing the Avaida. But Rabbi Yehuda is very strict about Kohanim doing the Avaida as an Onain. Ela Marava, so Rabbi clarifies himself. Right? Rabbi said, go get him. Abai says, can't be that Rabbi Yehuda is so lenient. Ela Marava, rather Rabbi says, ah, oh, my Kolayim. You know what Kolayim of Rabbi Yehuda means? It means that he's not. We're being very strict. You cannot do the avodah the entire day because you might come to eat. Meaning, the Tanakhama says if the guy God finds out he's an owning, do the avodah but don't eat. Comes on Rebuta says no, 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 no. Too dangerous. If he does the avodah, he might eat. Get him out of there the entire day. Not only don't get him, send him out. Ravada Barava says to Rava, that can't be either. That cannot be what Kolayomi. Is Rabbi Huda concerned? Oh, don't let him do the Avaidah, because if he does it, he might eat. Is Rabbi Huda, does Rabbi Huda have that concern? I'll prove to you that he doesn't. But we learned in a Brisa, a Mishnah. Rabbi Huda says, What do we say in our Mishnah? Rabbi Huda says, Get a backup wife. Maybe his first wife will die. But one second. Why getting a backup wife? It must be, if wife number one dies, the Kohen Gadol could keep doing the Avaida. But one second. As soon as wife number one dies, isn't he an Onain? Uh, boom. Yeah. Isn't he an Onain? 
Nobody's eating on Yom Kippur. We're not concerned the Kangal doing that. They might come to eat. So, since nobody else is eating, as an Onin, he's not going to come to eat. In other words, on a regular day, when all the Kahanim are eating the, the meats, and he's an Onin, he might come to forget. But Hacha, in the Brisa, of, of, where Abud is being strict, the Kuliyama, everyone else is eating, therefore we're concerned. Hunami Asi le Mechal. He might also come to eat. Period. Okay. Very Gishmak. All right. Very Gishmak. So again, what do we have so far? We have the the Brisa and the statement. We have, we have the Brisa uh, of the the Tanur Abanon that a Kohen Gadol becomes an Oni and is allowed to do the Avoda, but he shouldn't eat. Rabbi Yaisi says Kalayay. Kalayay. And we're explaining what the words Kol Hayayim mean. Okay, kolayim means that um, on a regular day, on a regular day, the kain gadol should not do the avoda because he might come to eat. On Yom Kippur, he's allowed to continue the avoda as an ayin. V'chihai gavna mi choyli alei aninus v'hamegarsha says the Gemara beautiful. Let's go back to the sugi. Unbelievable. According to Yehuda, he had two wives, right? We just said on Yom Kippur, when the Kayin di- when his wife dies, he should become an Ainain. Says the Gemara, not true. We just proved that the way that the Kohen Gadol had one wife instead of two wives is that if one dies, then retroactively she's divorced. So you're not nobody's an Onain when their divorced wife passes away. Mamish Gishmak. The Gemara answers, last step before the Mishnah. Granted, he's not going to have the Allahic status of an Ainin, but you don't think he's going to be sad? It's rude, Milai Mitrid. A Kohen Godel is not allowed to serve the Avaida said. A Yid is not allowed to be sad when performing Mitzvahs. Mitzvahs is such a schus, such a, you get such schar, you get such an opportunity to correct the Rabbinish Loyalam. It's pure simcha, it's pure joy. And even if he doesn't have the Allahic status of an Ainain, he's still in his mind an Ainain. He's still sad in his mind, and that's how, uh, and, and, uh, and that's why he's not allowed to eat from any of the Karbanais, because he's, we, we know he's sad, he's, he's Tarud, and any Kayin that's Tarud cannot take part in the Avaida. We will hold it here for today. Beautiful, we're up to the Mishnah, an unbelievable daf. And Bezhem will pick up from here 9.30 tomorrow morning.